This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, good morning, good morning. Hello, hello. We on there? Okay. All right. I'm not getting an earphone. It's on. Uh, uh, there we are. There it is. I had neglected to put... Well, what was happening was I was totally engrossed in Charlie. I know. Running around the studio like crazy trying to find a pair of earphones that worked. Consequently, that didn't... took my mind off what the hell I was doing, and I didn't push my microphone on. <laughs> I had yours on, but not mine. Yeah, and of course, I was nowhere near my mic. Well, no. Ah, excellent. <laughs> and then, but, but we're and here. And in the next room, Sebastian was going crazy. It looked like he was out there at the airport bringing the planes yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Tearing right. his hair out. Bunch well, of amateurs yeah, here. Yeah, I'm telling you. We, we're going to get this right one day. I'm telling you. <laughs> but here I, is, here I is, the... the um, Sue Chef of the Garden, uh, and sitting beside one of my favorite people in all the world, the darling of the daisies, the master of the mums, uh, the wrangler of the nematodes. <laughs> Not you. You're the wrangler. And pretty as a petunia, it's Charlie Dobbin. Thank well, you. Oh, and welcome. I wrangle ants more than anything. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> These well, days. good luck with that. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, well, you, when you were heading out last week, mm-hmm. uh, you were off to see a client, uh, someone mm-hmm. you, you'd done some work for. How did that go? Very well, thank you. I, um, it's interesting. It happens quite often where, you know, you, you're called in to do a consult or landscape mm-hmm. design, or I'm called in to help a homeowner. Right. And then they move, uh, which was the case of the clients last week, and same with some clients I'm going to see on Monday. So they moved to the new place, and they're looking at it going... We need Charlie. We need the Charlie touch. We yeah, yeah. This just doesn't look right. This needs <laughs> this needs the professional, you know. Well, that's great. Fingerprints of Charlie. Now, what's, so they what's call the me. best way to get a hold of you? You have your company. Yes, right? probably through email. And okay. I mean, you can obviously email me at the station, but a better email is just the company name, which is Garden Solutions. Okay. One word: Garden Solutions at Rogers.com well, for you know, any kind of yeah. Console. Well, that's good. I mean, we should get that out a little more often because, yeah. folks, you don't just do this show. Uh, you true. do other things, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so let me get the phone numbers on the air because a lot of folks I know will want to talk to you about their problems in the garden or maybe solutions they've got. Who knows? Mm-hmm. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. And then uh, anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Please uh, call early, call off, and one question per call. Patrolman Proctor always on duty there. (laughs) And uh, if you're a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know when you do call in. And when you get to the air... That will precede you. Oh, no. your, your garden wings. Your bell yeah. equals your wings. Will ring your bell. Be as just were. like a butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Sting like a bee. Okay, you uh, got a whole batch of stuff there, have Okay, you? well, I just wanted to mention if Sharon Kyle is listening. Remember, oh. she's the one who made this special jam. Yes, Charlie brought in the yes, cherry rhubarb jam. And it's more Society. <laughs> so I brought it with me because 
finally, I've, I've got a Saturday where I can take Frank out and buy him the breakfast I owe him. But I, he's such a jam head. I brought <laughs> the jar of jam. It's true. So that I, I Frank you. could taste yeah. it. I'm not going to let him take it home. He's just going to, I'm just sharing, okay? Oh, okay? So thank you, Sharon, in advance. I'm sure Frank will report back next week his, yes, his uh, analysis of this lovely looking okay. jam. I love it already, just looking at the jar. I know. He, said okay. he wants to open and start licking it out of the jar, I can tell. Um, okay, a couple of things this this weekend, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society. This is a big event. It's the 60th anniversary rose show. Of course, it's an exhibition of cut garden roses and its flower design as well at the Royal Botanical Garden Center, staged, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Camilla and Peter Daglish Atrium. Mm-hmm. So the roses have been phenomenal this year. I mean, take a look out oh, our window. Yeah. The roses have, in general, required nothing other than us to sit back and admire them. They're just prolific oh. in, in bloom. What we would call a very floriferous rose season. A floriferous rose Floriferous. Wow. Yes, indeed. So this rose show should be like mm. a knock-your-socks-off event, I would think. That is today, uh, open from 1 until 5, and then tomorrow from 10 until 4, and the blooms are all auctioned off starting at 3 o'clock, so check it out. If you're in the area, 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. Oh, right. And there is a garden tour coming up Saturday, July the 8th. So two weeks from today, the Bob Cajun Hort Society Garden Tour Tea and Market. It's from 10 until 4, and it's called Please Step Into the Garden. Uh, There's eight lovely gardens enhanced with horticultural displays, refreshments, and music. Great idea. Yeah. Turn a garden tour into a real event. Not just a bunch of walking around looking at yeah. the daisies or sniffing Some the roses. Some entertainment thrown in there. Exactly. And food, right? Nothing yeah. slows people down like food and music. Uh, there's master gardeners on site. There will be lunch uh, at one of the fine restaurants on the way. It's only $15. Children under 16 are free. And uh, tickets are available at the Bob Cajun Chamber of Commerce and from retailers throughout Bob Cajun, Lindsay, Lakefield, Peterborough, and Fenland Falls. Wow. That's your old stomping grounds. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, later, if people are interested, we had a call last week. There's a lot of fungus in the gardens with all this rain. Fungus among us. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So with the moisture, with all this humidity, with this non- feels like nonstop rain, oh. the, the mildews and mm. fungal diseases are thriving. And we have had some questions about homemade recipes. So I did bring one with me if people want to get their pencils out and write it down. They, you know, it's, there's no magical panacea to make fungal diseases mm-hmm. disappear, but you can control them. All right. Okay. Okay, I look forward to uh, doing the show with you every every week because I always learn at least one thing. Only one? And Well, sometimes <laughs> more than that. Okay, good. I, I grant you. Floriferous. I love that I'll word. I'll write that out okay, for you. Okay, would so you do that? Okay. <laughs> well, you do that. I'll you've, let the folks... <laughs> sorry to interrupt, but you've learned some names of oh, trees. I know. Can you tell oh, us, or will I be putting you on the spot? Mega Sequoia Glyptostrobodes. Excellent. You can really impress wow. Dennis Flanagan with well, that. Well, I'll throw that at Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the Latin name. Or close to it for Dawn Redwood. Exactly. Yes, exactly. you knew that. <laughs> I did. Well, you taught me. It's coming around to nine fourteen. We better scoot along here. We have folks waiting online, and we'll be along to talk to them in just a couple of moments here on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, we got a beautiful Saturday morning going here, and let's check into an Oakville caller and his concerns. Earl on the line. Good morning, Earl. Good morning. Hi, Earl. What about this question? I got weeds in my garden, Charlie Dobbin. Yeah. How do I get rid of them? <laughs> you know what you do? You get that bottle of wine, you get that weeding tool, you get yourself some a cushion and start pulling. It's perfect. Yeah, they, uh, they always grow back for some reason. They're only growing back because you're letting them go to flower. As soon oh, as your really? weeds flower, they yeah. throw seeds all over the place. So the, if you can't actually get out there and pull the weeds, at least yeah. get out there and get the flowers off. Okay, right. sweetheart. Thank you. All Thanks right. for calling. Thank you, I know. But you know, with yeah. all this rain, the soil yeah. is so moist, it's not pull. that onerous yeah. to pull weeds. And it's actually kind of fun. You really feel effective. Yeah, well, you, especially when you get a long root. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, you got it all. You show the neighbors, hey, yeah. look, look at this one. <laughs> <laughs> I caught a big one. <laughs> in, in Dunville, there's Chris on the line. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, quick question, because I want to hear what everybody else has got to say, but... Uh, Something is eating our dahlias, mm. and it's at night, mm. and I don't stay up late, so I don't know what the heck is eating them. But uh, what can I spray on them, Charlie? It doesn't seem to be bothering the leaves. It's right up near the top, Flowers. right where the buds are. Okay, you know what? You know what it probably is, is earwigs. Oh, really? Earwigs do all their chewing at night. Yeah. So we never see them during the day. No, no. And so we see the damage, and they love flowers, though they will eat the leaves of some plants, like marigolds, Mm -hmm. for example. They'll just strip them right down to the stem. So, again, with all this moisture and the gray days we've been having, it's really been a a very big... Yeah, I've never had trouble before. ...earwig kind of a year. Uh, So there's no real magical... Rubber hose. Yeah. borax? No, borax won't do anything. It will attract the ants because borax, of course, is you know got the sweet thing going on. Um, what I would do is set up earwig traps, and that's oh, little little uh, chunks of garden hose. Yep. Exactly, yep. or empty bamboo stakes. But those traps only work if you remember to empty them in the morning. Well, right? yeah, I'm usually up around five, so yeah. Well, as soon as it's the sun comes up, the earwigs all die for cover. So they're all gonna they're gonna use those little hotels that you're yeah, providing. Yeah, yeah then, first time I've ever had this problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, stay on it. It's a bit of a challenge, but I think if you there can seems lower to be little holes in the ground around them, mm. but it doesn't look like dewworms. No, dewworms wouldn't eat them anyway. No, they wouldn't. But you know, we are also having a very big year for slugs and snails. Mm-hmm. Again, with the moisture. Now there is slug and snail bait. We do have the striped snails around here. Yeah. Now they could be chewing because they love the foliage as well. So yeah. consider some slug and snail bait, which is available at any you know garden center or home any store. Any home remedy for that? Beer, waste of beer, but you know. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> oh, well, hey, I can turn around and go get some beer. If yeah. gonna... Before no, the, I they go like on to use, uh, I don't like to use some of this other junk. Hey? Yeah, well, no, the the slug and snail bait that's available to us here in Ontario is completely non-toxic to everything except mollusks, and it is a stomach poison to them. So okay. it won't hurt the birds, it won't hurt the worms, and it actually oh, turns into fertilizer yep. for the plants. So yeah. you, you're not doing. Don't worry about damage to anything using the the bait that's available in Ontario. Well, I. Should should be able to find out if I put some hoses out there mm-hmm. tonight or today, then I'll find out if it's earwigs. Yeah, let us morning. know. Let us know, would you, Chris? Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah of course, because, uh, yeah, 
Okay, thanks a lot. I'd like to hear what everybody else has got to say. Thanks. You guys stuff. have too many commercials, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's because we're popular. Charlie is, you know. <laughs> no. Okay, thanks well, so much. Well, that's what pays the bills. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't have this <laughs> lovely studio and wonderful Sebastian if we didn't have some, you know, yeah, we gotta pay finances. Too, yeah. I know, it's crazy. He doesn't yeah. volunteer. Oh, darn. You'd think he'd want to be here. It's 921, and uh, we have to scoot along for just a couple of moments for some of those most important uh, messages from our sponsors. Okay, you are listening to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin here on Zuma Radio AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And at uh, 925, Charlie, we've got a first-time caller on the line. Yes. Hold on. Baby, there you go. Anton in Pickering, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, how are you doing? Excellent. Good, Good show. i got just one question. I have a, a two, three plum trees, mm-hmm. and, and I need to have a, some... Uh, some mold and green bugs mm. that they're eating all the top of the branches, this small, small, uh, tiny leaves. Uh-huh. And there's any way to get rid of them. I used to buy a spray at, uh, at Home Depot or Lowe's, and now it's nothing. Uh, no, they will have uh, something called Bug Be Gone. And they will have it in two different formulations. They'll have a soap spray, and they'll also have a pyrethrin-based spray. Uh, yeah, I find that they do have that soap spray. Right. But it's in a bottle that you could just straight spray it. And that's not good for me because no. my trees, they're so tall. Right. You need the concentrate because you have a yes. sprayer, a hose end yeah. sprayer. So go to the customer service area. What I find with a lot of the home stores is that they, well, they're not really well educated on what, can be on the shelf and what can't. So they have a tendency to put any chemical, you know, insecticide bottle under lock and key for fear that it needs to be under lock and key. So you'll likely find the concentrated form of bug be gone behind the customer service desk in a, in a glass uh, case. And you do want the one that is pyrethrin based rather than soap based would be my suggestion mm-hmm. read all the directions though remember these insecticides only kill on contact so when you're spraying it's got to be a very thorough spray the tree oh, has to is. be dripping you've got to spray every angle of every leaf and stem mm-hmm. to kill the insects mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. you don't do that when it's really hot and sunny which of course hasn't been much of a problem and then realize that the whole everything gets all washed off as soon as we get some rain so yeah just, well that's uh, that's another problem right Right, so you yeah, have to work around but, the uh, current was, weather. I was talking to one lady at Home Depot this morning. Believe me or not, I was about 7 o'clock at Home Depot. Mm. Uh, and she said that this year that there is tons of stuff that they just cut it out that they don't bring it in anymore. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. That could be the case. So there is no any home remedies. Pickering. Uh, soap and water, but not detergent. It's got to be soap. Safer soap, soap, is it? Well, safer okay. soap you can buy, yeah. and you can buy the concentrated soap as well. And if you were making your own soap and water mix, it's a 40 water to one part soap, not detergent. 
and again kills on contact. You got to coat mm-hmm. those little bugs. Yeah. Okay. Um, or, but you know, in Pickering, you do have some options. You've got um, Pine, isn't Pine Ridge Garden Center uh, on Pine Ridge Garden Center on, down on the Brock Road? On Brock, it's close. Oh, it is. It's out. So there is another one on a Taunton Road. I don't know exactly what they call. And there is also uh, there's Sheridans in Whitby, isn't there? Yeah, I think yeah. it's a Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, there's a Sheridan's in Whitby. So, Sheridan Whitby. Yeah, uh, just look for something better than Home Depot, where they're going to okay. have a better uh, selection, selection yeah. not to mention a highly educated staff that can advise you based on okay, what they've thanks, got. Thanks a lot, guys. Okay, Anton, thank you for thanks calling for in. calling. Nice to Don't have you aboard Don't be a stranger. Here. Yeah, you'll be a second-time caller That's next time. That's right, <laughs> and the coffee's always on. And at 929, almost, <laughs> uh, there's Doug and Lindsay. Good morning, Doug. Morning. Morning. Yes, uh, you helped me with my, um, or you set me straight on uh, pruning my forsythia here, so mm-hmm. now I, I need to know about my uh, Lilac. lilacs. Yep, good question. I've got two types. I've got the tall type, mm-hmm. and I've got one that uh, it's just in a bush. It only grows about four feet high. Right. Good. Even better question. So tall lilacs plus dwarf lilacs, very different pruning techniques, but... <clears throat> Main thing is, for all lilacs, remove the spent flowers, the finished flowers, as soon as possible after they're finished blooming. So if nothing else, get out there with your little your cutters and remove every flower. The reason you do that is to encourage more flowers for next year. Leaving the old flowers on allows the plant to set seed and you um, limit your amount of flowers for next year because a lot of energy goes into seed production. But in the case of a tall, you know, what we would call the sativa or the the species lilacs, the ones that'll get, you know, 20 feet tall, those are trimmed at the same time as we remove the flowers. Typically, properly, you would remove older stems from, from at the ground level. At the most, you would remove a third of the plant at any one time. And that way, you're always encouraging new growth from ground level. And you're keeping the plant at a reasonable height so that the flowers are closer to your nose and not 20 feet up in the sky. Mm-hmm. So that's an ongoing um, you know, yearly or annual pruning with our tall lilacs. The dwarf lilacs, not so much. More, It's more just flower removal, a little bit of shaping. Look for any um, uh, damaged or um, interlocking branches that are rubbing together and damaging each other. Sometimes it's a little bit of thinning because they tend to get quite dense in the center. And, uh, and just opening up, encourage air circulation, sun penetration. You, again, you'll limit your you know, fungal diseases by opening these plants up for air and sun. All right. Very good. Thank you very much. All righty, Doug. For calling. Th- thanks for checking in with the uh, the gang. The gang here. Well, <laughs> uh, we are the three of us. Right? That's right. The gang. Except uh, Sebastian doesn't say much. Well, no. Did you want to say uh, hi? Oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay. The voice of the mellifluous. Hi, everybody. I do exist. <laughs> of course Excellent. you exist. Of course, of course We're not exist. answering the phone. Somebody's <laughs> answering the phone and putting all the stuff up on the monitor. Well, and look what he's entered next here. First time caller from Coburg. That would be Flora. Just a second there. Ah. Hey, Flora, welcome to the show. And Good morning. Yes, welcome. I love your show. Thank you. Charlie, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's the difference of... Um, I have a rose bush... Um, don't ask me what it is because the tag has faded. Mm-hmm. I have it for 18 years and it has uh, lived a long time. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, which one do you prefer, um, a rose bush in a bu- uh, jug, plastic jug, or uh, uh, in a bag? Uh, a bag? 
uh, when you're purchasing to plant? Yeah. What I prefer is a rose that's grown in Canada. So mm-hmm. when you're shopping yeah. for roses, make sure that they are Canadian grown. I know. So that's important. Um, the ones in the bag tend to have been shipped dormant. Uh-huh. And so they've spent the winter in cold storage. They were, were waxed to mm-hmm. survive in cold storage. And they're shipped out early in the spring. And the idea is to purchase them early and plant them early in the spring. Whereas the potted roses are typically a, a, a happier, healthier, mm-hmm. and have a better root system mm-hmm. and can be planted anytime, spring, summer, or fall. So like, I would tend towards a potted rose. Yeah. But like I said, maybe ver- read the tags carefully. Make sure grown mm-hmm. in Canada. And look, you know, you're in Coburg, so depending on where your wind, your prevailing wind is and how cold mm-hmm. it is, look for roses that are um, able, that are, we'll say right on the tag, Disease resistant, you know, um, <clears throat> you know, black spot resistant, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, bloom, ever blooming. Uh, look for something that's going to grow the kind of size that you're looking for. Many of the shrub roses, which are super hardy and easy to grow, are still going to be, you know, three, four feet tall and wide. Yes, so make sure yes. you've got space for them to grow to their proper size. This rose that I have, I had it for 18 years. I bought it in a, a plastic container, the mm-hmm. jug. Yep. It lasted a long time, but in the fall, October, I cut it back. Yep. Well, I tip, yeah, I do my major cutting on my roses in the spring, mm-hmm. but you're right, you can cut down in the fall as long as you do it late enough in the fall. Yeah, that's right. You don't want to do it too early, otherwise you get all kinds of new growth. And sometimes they have a, a bug on the leaf, mm-hmm. but I purchased a container that's in a metal uh, can. Mm-hmm. Man, that stuff stinks even wearing gloves. Oh, okay, and what is it called, you know? I don't remember. Mm. I, it had a long time and I never used it. Yeah, it might be something really old that's now off the market. Many of the mm-hmm. many of the very the more toxic insecticides had a very very strong smell associated with them mm-hmm. to tell you that they were poison. Oh they would God. put that smell in oh, there. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. they didn't necessarily come with that smell, but that was a way to t- you know small uh, children. Yeah, whatever. Excellent. This is poison. Mm-hmm. This is toxic. Don't fool Even around. With gloves on. Yeah, even with yeah. gloves. But as soon as you put it up into the air, you're smelling it. So, Ooh, yeah, you God. might want to dispose of that in a proper disposal location. Okay, okay. thank you. I love your show. Thank, thank you, Flora. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate that. 9.34 here on a beautiful Saturday morning. I Hope know. you're enjoying yourself. Look, blue sky. Yeah. Haven't seen that in a oh, while. Oh, yeah, and you know who's going to be happy about that? There's going to be a big parade in town today. The dike marches on. That's right. Pride parade tomorrow. Tomorrow, and yeah. of course, rain in the forecast tomorrow. Mm, yeah. So if you've got some stuff to do in the garden like I do, today whether it's weeds be, or yeah. it's whatever, get out there today. Pruning. I've been a pruning queen this season. Wow. I'm making up for all the lack of pruning I didn't <laughs> get to in the last two years. Oh, yeah, I've been happy. And Shirley's been away visiting her family in Vancouver, so I haven't had to water as much as yeah, I would normally true. have to do. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Ed in Oro Station, my gosh, another first-time caller. Hello, Good Ed. Morning. Hi, Ed. Norm. How are you? I'm very good. Excellent. Uh, question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, hyacinths, when they uh, mature and, and the, the flower uh, drops off, mm-hmm. it produces uh, little bulbs uh, at the end of the stem. Mm-hmm. Are you? Would you be able to propagate those somehow? Yeah, those are called bulb bills, so they are little baby bulbs. 
uh, you can propagate them. They will naturally propagate themselves in a sense. If you just left them, they will eventually drop to the surface of the soil. Yeah, I, I've seen that. Yeah. When my wife was cleaning up the garden there, I said, just for the heck of it, just leave pull them. those bulbs off there and I'll find out if it's yeah. possible to propagate. Now, yeah. do you hold them over? No, they no. need to be outside for the yeah. winter. But the question is, do you want to just incorporate them into your existing patch of hyacinths and just let them slowly come up every year. They're not going to flower for a couple of years because they're not mature enough yet. No. So no. you can sort of allow them to become part of that clump and slowly mature over a period of years. Or what some people will do is they'll get a, like a planting flat or right. a tray, fill it with a proper potting mix, well-drained, maybe incorporate a bit of sand into that. Yeah, from light. Yeah, take those little bulbils, plant them individually into that flat. Now, you do that and then put them outside? Yep, leave them outside, and then you'll let... Winter over? That's right. You will bury that flat either into the garden, or maybe you have a place that you can put them. You want it to be... At least refrigerator temperature, so it could be, you know, a, a shed or, you know, something, a, right. a root cellar, garage. Right. So you want at least refrigerator temperature, but it could even be colder than that if you want to go beneath, below ground with mm-hmm. that whole flat. But they do need to be uh, out for the cold. And then, they again, little green sprouts will come up in the spring, but you'll have a much more controlled situation if you've got them in that flat. Okay. And eventually you'll take them out of the flat and plant them wherever you want and start a whole new colony okay. of ice. So if I was to put them in a little planter type thing, leave mm-hmm. it in the garage, and then uh, put them out in the spring? Then right, again. Yeah, because they'll grow, right? You'll get little green leaves. Right. Uh, you just won't get flowers. No. So get them out early enough in the spring. And, of course, too cold and above ground, they could freeze and rot. Okay. So there's that fine line that, you know, you want them to experience cold but not to be so frozen that they turn to mush. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Let us know how that works out. Yep. Thanks okay. a lot, Ed. Thank you. Joining us here on Zoomer Radio AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Going to take a little bit of a run out. Uh, let's see. I guess it'll be out west uh, just a tad. <laughs> Diana in uh, Etobicoke. Good morning. Good morning, folks. How are you? Great. Excellent. Good. I have a question for you regarding my plum tree. Mm-hmm. Um, I have all kinds of fruit trees in the back of this. Just the plum that has this fungus that grows on it. Mm-hmm. I've it looks like a cancerous mm-hmm. growth. Mm-hmm. I cut it off, um, and I thought I had it all off, but now it it's come up again. It grows really quickly. Yeah. Okay. What is that, and how do I get rid of it? All right, so that's called black knot, and it yes. does look like a tumor. I'm just going to bring it up onto my computer here so I can show Frank because he's going to not know what we're talking about but it's such a distinctive um, disease. See how it grows on the Ooh, yeah. yeah so yeah. So you can't just, so say you've got a branch that's got yeah. this swollen black protuberance on it just merely cutting that off at the knot will not eliminate no pun intended, the fungus from the tree because it's an internal fungus. It is traveling inside the tree. You must, if you're going to try and remove the the tumors, if you will, from the tree as a way to try and eliminate the problem, you've got to go a minimum of 18 inches away from the knots towards the main trunk. You Uh must remember to sterilize your cutting tools 
between each cut because you do not want you you will transfer those fungal spores potentially to fresh clean wood if you are sticking your your secateurs or your loppers into this fungus infested mess. Well, that's time consuming, eh? I it mean- can be. And and the other thing is you must eliminate this material from the property. You don't burn it, you don't compost it, you bag it and send it off to the municipality or do whatever you need to do to eliminate it because it is full of spores which will go off to you know wild cherries and wild plums Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a huge problem and we you know with a drought we had last year many trees were very very stressed and they become very susceptible to problems like this when we have adverse weather conditions well that's an ugly looking i know yeah it oozes it looks like anything i can do that we can get something up into the trunk itself no, there's no systemic insecticides available to us. But remember, do you use dormant spray in the spring? No. Okay. So dormant spray, uh, we've talked about it here on the show many times. When the tr- when any fruit tree is dormant, uh-huh. so we prune our fruit trees typically in February, early March on uh-huh. a dry day. By late March, early April, it's typically time to start spraying with the dormant kit. And that is a lime sulfur liquid mixed with horticultural oil, so an oil mixed together with water, we spray the dormant fruit trees to try and eliminate any overwintering fungal spores, pests, etc. So it's a fruit trees, we love the idea of having them out there bountifully growing and, mm-hmm. you know, our bushel baskets filling up with all this fruit, but they are work. Fruit trees are work to be healthy and happy and, and truly productive. You know, it's funny because I have um, an apricot tree, a fig tree, mm-hmm. um, an apple, another apple tree, and a pear tree, and well, none of them has that on it at all. No, and because they, they've never had it. It's just just. The plum, yeah, it's very—it's a very specific. Uh, we're lucky that so many diseases are very mm-hmm. specific, so that you, yes, that will not get on any of those trees. It will only get on cherries and plums. Okay, okay, all righty. Thank you, Diana. Thank you. Thanks Have for your call. Weekend. Up Thank against you. the clock here a little bit uh, for our next break, so we've got to push along in order to get back to Carol, a first-time caller from, well, probably right around the corner here in T.O. Uh, you are listening to The Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And this is the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, reminding you we've got a couple of lines open right now. 416-360-0740 in Toronto, anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Before we take our next caller, I want to refer to a call we had last week about a gentleman. I did my homework. To, you did. You worms. Know. He needed some worms. That's right. Couldn't <clears> find him. <throat> Ian gave us a call last yeah. week. He said he was looking for red wigglers for mm-hmm. his composter. I said, Kathy's crawlers. He said, they don't have any. And he's right. When I went, they sure enough don't. But, um, Ian, if you're listening and for anybody else looking for red wigglers to help chew up that compost, like mm-hmm. lickety split, go to the Worm Composting Canada website. So wormcomposting.ca. It does say here that there are no worms available between June 26th and July 7th, but orders will be accepted during that time. Shipments will resume during the week of July 10th. And if you have any questions, go ahead and give them a call or, or email them. So the worm composting 
wormcomposting.ca to get some red wigglers. Nothing chews up, you know, banana peels and uh, weeds faster than those little red wigglers. All righty. While I'm sitting here squirming in my seat, <laughs> wiggling, <laughs> let's let's go to. Uh, oh, hey, uh, our our of course uh, first time caller, Carol, mm-hmm. patiently waiting out there. There you go, Carol. Welcome to the show. Good uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, yes, I'm a first time caller. I'm a first time gardener. Excellent. Uh, my husband was a wonderful gardener, and he died last summer. So I am trying to do mm. <laughs> trying to do some things. Um, right in front of my kitchen window, I have, I believe they're called hostas. Mm-hmm. They're green, and, and some are white-tipped and mm-hmm. uh, yellow-tipped and that. But the green ones are huge, and they're squeezing out the uh, the ones that are in between the white tip and the white and the yellow, uh, the white and the, and mm-hmm. the middle. Mm-hmm. Can I just cut back those those big green ones right now and take... Because they're literally squeezing yeah. the others out. Well, you're right. Just to kind of make life easy, because we are it's mid season with the with the garden. You could yeah. get down and right at ground level, cut out the leaves that are impinging and you know being right. like such brutes on the smaller hostas, just yeah. to allow them the smaller ones to thrive. Ultimately, though, you're going to have to get out a shovel, whether it's this fall or next spring, and you're going to have to dig out some of those plants, those green ones, the brutes, to allow the other ones to to fill the space. So it is what we would call dividing, so digging and dividing the hostas. Uh, You can pot them up, you can plant them somewhere else in the garden, share them with friends, whatever, but the point is you have to dig out. um, And with hostas, it's quite simple in the spring, particularly you can see where the shoots are coming up, and straight oh. down is where the roots are. So it's a slice with a sharp shovel to yeah. eliminate some of those ones that are taking over. So it's better to do it maybe in the spring then? It's a little bit tricky to do now because you'll end up doing damage to all the hostas when you're tromping around in there. Oh, okay. So e- so for now, just to keep things looking as pristine as possible, right. I think the idea of cutting out the leaves at ground level is a good one, but oh, okay. ultimately you're going to have to take out some of those plants. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much for your help. You're very thank welcome. You, thanks for calling, All and right. thanks for being a first-time gardener and caller. Bright, shiny voice on a mm-hmm. bright, shiny Saturday morning mm-hmm. as we uh, head to New Market. There's Pat. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I have two boomerang lilacs. Boomerang. talking about taking off the dead flowers yes. until they'll produce more. Yes. This, These have got a thousand mm-hmm. little blooms on them, and I, I'll never get around to yeah. doing all that. Because, but they still come back the mm-hmm. second time in the year. Mm-hmm. Is it that important to take all those dead ones off before the second one comes back, the second blooming? But remember, you have a new variety of lilac. Not many people have this one. It's only been out for about five years. So it's called Bloomerang, and its claim to fame is that not only does it do that beautiful lilac flush of flowers mm. when all the lilacs do, but it will continue to bloom throughout the entire summer right up until hard frost. So yes. right up till Christmas. So you're right. Just go in there with little manicure scissors and start taking out of the dead ones to encourage fresh ones is a bit onerous. Frankly, it would make a difference, though. You would end up with more a secondary flush, a more full flush, if you can get in there and take those off. But, you know, life is too short, probably, to even consider doing such a thing. So what I would do is don't worry about it. Just let it be. 
keep the area clean if, if any of the dead flowers do drop, which they, they're likely mm-hmm. to do so in the wind and the rain. Just make sure you're keeping the ground area clear of any of the debris that may fall out of the lilac. And you will need to consider doing whatever pruning you're going to do late next fall, like by November, late November, early December, depending on the weather, uh, because that'll be your one time to prune where you hopefully won't be removing too much in the way of flower buds. Or okay. yeah, and it's a challenge to blue to ever prune those because you're always going to remove flower buds. <laughs> but it's quite a large tree right now. Yeah, really. How yep. long have you had them? About six years. Yeah, so you got them right at the beginning. Yeah, they, so it's a shrub, I assume. It's a multi-stemmed. I have one other question, if I may. Well, I'm sorry, I we no, I'm, Pat. I'm very sorry. We have other folks waiting on the line. We're going to try to squeeze back. them in. Please call back, okay? Uh, that's the way it goes. Thanks. Uh, yeah, just one question per Pro- call. Yeah, sure. you know, and, Patrolman Proctor. Man. Well, I'm Oof. looking at my list here, and there's Shirley and Brampton patiently waiting, and we have to get in another little commercial set. So let's do that, and then come back and say hi to Shirley. Okay. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Boy, Charlie, where has the time gone? We're into our last segment here. Uh, So let's uh, scoot along to say hi to Shirley in Brampton. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. Morning. Um, I have a bleeding heart plant that mm-hmm. flowers, mm-hmm. and then this time of year it dies right off. Is that normal? or um, Bleeding hearts typically will die off unless they're getting a little bit of sun in the summer. If they're in pure shade, they'll... they'll no, they get sun. They get some sun, mm-hmm. and if they get too much sun, then they'll turn yellow and collapse. Oh. With all the rain we've been getting, that helps keep them upright. But you're right, generally speaking, they're considered, considered a, an ephemeral, so they come up. They go down, oh. and they leave a big hole in your garden when they, they disappear. <laughs> so you've got to have a plan. There's got to be something. If they are in some sun, consider something as simple as some daylilies to come up beneath them so that as the bleeding heart goes down, I mean, you can go in there and, and just chop them down. At, once they start looking a bit ratty and yes. finish flowering, just cut them off at ground level and have something else coming up beneath, whether it's hostas or daylilies or, or mm-hmm. you know, something a little taller. Uh, and also limit the patch. I find that bleeding heart, give them an inch and they'll take a mile. Oh, and then okay. the hole they live, leave behind is just that much bigger. So we love our bleeding hearts. They, you know, they, they're so yeah, they're nice when wonderful when, yeah. in the spring. But, yeah, you've got to have a plan for something yeah. either in front or, or within the patch to come up afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Thank, Thank you very, very much, much, Shirley. Yep. Okay, thanks. All righty. Uh, let's uh, check into Caledon. There's Angie. Good morning, Angie. Good morning. Morning. Charlie, quick question. Mm-hmm. If my peonies are finished, can I transplant them now? No. I have to wait till the fall? Correct. Aw. Okay. <laughs> Unless you absolutely have to. I mean, if you've got some construction going on or something, you have to move them. You're moving. you got to take them. Sometimes you just got to do it. But best case, best time to do any messing with your peonies is in the fall. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Thank you, Angie. Thanks. Yeah. Asked and answered yep. right there. Boom, boom. <laughs> Jenny in St. Catharines squeezing in here. Good morning. Good morning. Listen, um, Charlie, I threw some potato peels in a container one day, and I looked and I got potatoes growing now. Oh, well, you got <laughs> more than peels in there, yeah. Yeah, well, there's eyes. There was a bunch yeah, of eyes. I guess. Anyway. Cute. So I started putting them in big pots because mm-hmm. I guess yeah. we're moving off August 1st. Mm-hmm. How high do I have to hill these bugger these things? Because they're getting huge. <laughs> okay, and I only like put them in the pot half full, like a large, large pot, oh, and I keep idea. healing and healing and healing, and it's like 
where the heck are you guys going to go? <laughs> well, no, that was a really good idea to do it that way because you're really encouraging the process of more and more potatoes potentially growing off the roots, obviously, right? Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can hill like in the in the real gardens. The reason we hill is because the rain tends to wash the soil away, thus exposing the potatoes that are near the surface. Oh, so they don't grow off the stem themselves, just off the root. Exactly, and oh, and somebody you, told me they grow off the stem, and it was like I don't know. I've never. No. Grown no. potatoes before. No, but. they grow off the root. And the main thing is, the reason we hill, too, is because we want to make sure the actual tubers, the potatoes, don't get turned green. Because they will turn green if the sun uh, shines on them. And you never eat a potato that's green. It, no. It's a long well, story, but you don't want to do that. With the spatula that was in a roaster, there had the granddaughters were so excited there had to be 30 babies on this one yeah, plant. Yeah, that's great. Wow. They no, were that's... like, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, and they were so excited. I know. Oh, yeah, there's nothing better than real potatoes, like fr- fresh from your own plot. Perfect idea. Oh, you ribbing. move with them, you enjoy them, harvest them in September. But just keep going and as long as you can to the top of the pot as the plant grows. You'll just get more potatoes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. Interesting little comment there. Yeah, really and good. And I don't know whether we have uh, one more caller online. Do you think we could maybe squeeze oh, in? Oh, maybe fast. All right. Ellen in Brantford, just a couple of seconds left, really. <laughs> Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Very quick question. I have what I call a wild grapevine mm-hmm. growing up up the pine trees. And mm. how can we get rid of that other than trying to dig it out, which we've tried? Uh, it's a tough one. You guys got to okay. keep pulling it down. It's going to strangle those pines. You're going to lose the pines if you let the grapevine grow. So <clears throat> you got to keep pulling it down out of the trees. Um, yep. Yes, digging the root. Uh, potentially, I mean, I'm not. Don't tell anybody, but potentially Roundup on the mm-hmm. leaves at the root. You're not going to spray up into the pine, obviously, but get right. those tendrils out of your. Uh, ornamental, valuable plants, and do whatever you can to dig, destroy, and demolish the the grape, the wild grape. Okay, thank okay. you. Okay, wow, that yeah. was one show. We uh, went all over the province, and uh, delight, delightful questions coming in, delightful callers. And you look very relaxed. Why, thank you. And, and dapper. Why, thank you, Charlie. I hear Shirley's coming home today. Yes, that's why I'm so dapper. I was going to say, that's, you're all dressed to go to <laughs> yeah, the airport. Exactly. That's I, nice. One funny, I've got to find out the end of the story. She, she emailed me. Uh, midweek, mm-hmm. uh, she was out visiting her daughter in Whistler, mm-hmm. and at one point in the game, she was going to walk into town to join her daughter and, and uh, her uh, other uh, daughter. sister, other yeah. daughter, yeah. there for breakfast or whatever. And she said, I couldn't, there was a bear on the front lawn. So <laughs> <laughs> i got to find out the rest of that story. Yeah, no, but you've heard from her since. Yeah, yes, I have. Okay, yeah. good. She hasn't been eaten. No. no, good, good. Yes, well, bears typically prefer the, the berries than yeah. the people. And they love the crab apples. I'll always remember little crab apple tree with a bear sitting right, right oh, up inside it. And, and we're going to breakfast out there at High Park. And the, we yeah. have a jar of our own jam. Sherry rhubarb. I'm going to try that. Yes, thank yeah. you to Sharon Kyle. And thanks, Sebastian. Couldn't do any of this without you. And, of course, Frank goes without saying. Couldn't do any of this without you. Lord love you. And I think you're going to maybe catch do a little golfing with my friend Dennis Flanagan That's this week. That's next Tuesday. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Well, you have some fun, you two wackos. Uh, we'll, we'll have a laugh or two. I may me. join you afterwards, since I'm not a golfer. I may join you afterwards for libations. Oh, but, the 19th um, hole. Yes, my, that's where I play the best. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I'm good at that one, too. Yeah. So, all right. Oh, the car show's starting up soon. You yes. can hear those engines revving. Thank you, Frank, for all your good help. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, we'll see you for breakfast. You got it. All right. See everybody else next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.